Hey, Shaleen. This is Robin. I just wanted to send a thank you to all of your content. I've been following you for a few months and I've just really been enjoying your content, you and your son's content. You're inspiring me with the uh, podcast on the ebook, really inspiring me to get started on that. I was already thinking about doing stuff like that, my husband and I, but you've laid it out really well. Kind of exciting to think about getting that started and really getting my juices flowing. So thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for your heart, for helping other people get started on their platforms, just everything that you do. I really appreciate your energy and your compassionate heart. Thank you. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Is it really possible to get fit in four minutes a day? That is the rumor. And it's not just a rumor that's new. It's something that people have been talking about for quite a long time. Actually, since 1996, people have been talking about how to get fit by training harder in shorter intervals. I'm in my gym and just finished my own workout and I keep seeing posts about Tabata and it's become a pet peeve. (laughs) And so I wanna just kind of dispel some of the myths, some of the misinformation that's out there and hopefully give you some answers so that you know what is best for you. Okay, so the question is, can you get fit in four minutes a day? Well, it's a loaded question and there isn't a simple yes or no, but let me begin by helping you understand the difference between Tabata training, HIIT training, aerobic training, what you should be doing, what's best for you, and how to really maximize not only your results, but how good you feel and how much time you have and kind of planning a schedule that makes this all possible for you. Okay, so first let me explain Tabata. Tabata is actually the last name of the professor who did the research that really sparked this whole Tabata movement. Now, Professor Isumi Tabata was a Japanese scientist who was commissioned, get this, not to sell infomercials, not to create a program for the gyms, but to get Japanese Olympic speed skaters in the optimal performance, the best shape of their lives. I mean, he was commissioned to make sure that these Olympic speed skaters were the most fit they could possibly be. So I say that because his job was to scientifically study all forms of training and figure out what is the best. If my livelihood depends upon me getting these elite athletes in tip-top condition, I don't care what it is. I'm not going to pick trend. I'm going to study it, and I'm going to figure out what is the best. Okay, so what Professor Tabata did is he looked at HIIT training. He looked at interval training. He looked at forms of HIIT training. And this is how the Tabata system was developed in his study of both HIIT training and steady state aerobic training, which is anything you do where you're basically sustaining your heart rate at a steady, consistent, you know, 50%, 60% of maximum heart rate and intervals where he was taking elite athletes to near capacity and then all the way to the maximum of their capacity doing intervals. But what he found was that there was a zero percent increase in overall fitness when he trained these elite athletes using steady state aerobic conditioning. What he did find is that there was an incredible increase in their overall fitness, both aerobically and anaerobically, which means when you're technically speaking, it means without oxygen. It's when you're at max capacity, you can't go harder. You're looking for a place to puke. 
like that kind of difficulty, okay? And so what he found was that the athletes, when he trained them at high intervals, they were getting far better results. So then he started playing with which interval is going to give them the best results. Obviously, that's his job, right? So he started looking at, okay, so what if I train them three minutes on and one minute off? What if I train them one minute hard and three minutes off? And he kept playing with these intervals until he discovered that the absolute best results were when he had these athletes performing at 20 seconds of max. Did you hear me? Max intensity. And most people don't know what max feels like. They think, okay, I'm going hard for 20 seconds. Y'all, that ain't max. Push-ups for 20 seconds is not max. I shouldn't get so on my soapbox, but there's a difference between going hard and so hard it's your max. You're praying to Jesus to make this end. You're looking at your stopwatch going, this thing has got to be broken. There is no way this thing is still working. That's max. Like when you're like, I'm going to die. I can't go 21 seconds. That's max. And there's a difference between that and just going hard for 20 seconds. There's a big difference. And what he did is he would hook his athletes up to all kinds of equipment that could measure their heart rate, oxygen consumption, everything. So he could actually determine that they were at that maximum heart rate as quickly as possible. Because think about it. If you've got 20 seconds and you're doing something that it takes a minute to get into it, you've already blown 10 seconds of it. Like 20 seconds goes by fast. So there aren't very many exercises that actually will get you into your maximum anaerobic threshold, your maximum capacity immediately. And so that's number one. And what he found, get this, was that by taking athletes, here it comes, here it comes, by taking athletes through... 20 second intervals, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, and then repeating that sequence eight times, which is a total of four minutes. I'm doing the math for you. Got it? 20 seconds on, hard as you can, 10 seconds of just, just recovering, and then repeating that eight times, which is a total of four minutes. Get this. You ready for this? Those athletes improved overall fitness, and that means their strength, flexibility, aerobic and anaerobic capacity by 13%. And they had a 0% increase after doing the same study with an hour of steady state aerobic conditioning, running, cycling, whatever it is you're doing. That's interesting. He also found that their anaerobic fitness was increased by 28%. Now, this study was commissioned in 1996. Professor Isumi Tabata is still alive and kicking today, and he's still doing his research, and these studies still hold up. I mean, there's been lots of research to try to debunk them, but the studies still show up. Here's what you need to know about it. Number one, you have to know what it means to be at your max capacity. Doing something for 20 seconds does not equal Tabata. Doing jumping jacks for 20 seconds is not a Tabata. Can you do jumping jacks for a minute? If the answer is yes, then that's not a Tabata. You have to be doing something at such an intensity, you could not do it for more than 20 seconds. Are we clear? Now, the other really interesting post-research has found is that people actually burn additional calories for up to 12 hours post, not just a Tabata workout, but actually a HIIT workout too. One of the registered dietitians, in fact, our program director, Ashley Sweeney, turned me on to mushroom coffee. And at first I'm like, ew, does it taste like mushrooms? It doesn't. Not at all. It tastes like coffee. But the difference between a mushroom coffee and a coffee is the adaptogens. 
So I'm really excited to share with you my favorite brand, which is Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic makes the highest quality functional mushroom and adaptogens by incorporating them into mainstream products like coffee and tea and hot cocoa. Now, the mushrooms Four Sigmatic puts into their products are, they're like literally superfoods. I don't know if you guys have looked into the healing qualities of mushrooms, but it's kind of crazy. I need to look for ways, additional ways that I can get energy without using caffeine, right? Because caffeine sometimes can have a detrimental effect on your adrenal glands. What I love about these adaptogens is that they improve the skin, they support your hormones, they improve gut health, and of course, it's all helping your immune system, your cellular function. Now, just like a coffee, you can add almond milk or coconut creamer or your MCT oil or a little dash of Himalayan pink sea salt. That's what I love to add. Maybe some stevia if you want to sweeten it up a little bit. But for me, in the evenings, what I was doing is a lot of bone broth, which is great, but I just realized I need something a little bit more for my immune system. I just felt like, okay, I need something more, something that's going to give me more immune support. And so that's when I started trying mushroom coffee, specifically the Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee. And I wanted to tell you guys about it because reducing the amount of coffee or other stimulating drinks that you're consuming and consider Four Sigmatic. Okay. P.S. They've put together a special for us. You get 15% off your order. You can get that by going to four. It's F-O-U-R, like the number, but spelled out four sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, foursigmatic.com forward slash Shaleen, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Our program director, Ashley, she's a registered dietitian. She loves this stuff. She's the one that's really turned me on to it, and I think you're going to love it. We keep it socked up in our office, and I'd love to hear what you think about it. And if you can't remember that link, don't worry. We've placed it for you below in our show notes. So now this is where the HIT training comes into play, too. And I'm going to explain the difference in a moment about HIT training. But just bar none, Tabata training is superior. But most people don't know how to get there. Most people are doing an interval of 20 seconds on and 10 seconds off, and they're not at their maximum heart rate, so it can't be considered a Tabata. It's simply considered an interval. In order for it to truly be a true Tabata, you have to be at your max capacity. What they also found was that the excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, say that 20 times fast. Okay, I'll say it again. That there was an increase in the post-exercise oxygen consumption levels of all the athletes. What does that mean? It means that they are improving their fitness even after the session. It means that they're still burning calories at a higher rate for up to 12 hours after a Tabata session. Okay, so we know that Tabata is superior. So Shalene, why wouldn't we do Tabata every single day? Well, some people can. And if they are, they're probably not doing it correctly and they're probably not getting the kind of results that they'd like. Here's why. Because if you're doing a Tabata, truly as a Tabata, and you are putting your body, your systems, all of your systems under maximum stress, because that's what exercise is, right? It's a stressor. You know, when we're lifting weights, what we're doing is we're breaking down muscle fiber in hopes and effort that it'll get stronger. So the next time that we train the muscle stronger, we're breaking down our cardiovascular system so that it gets stronger. That's what exercise is. Exercise is a stress, but it's a healthy stress when there's proper rest. 
Oh, say that again, Shalene Johnson. Exercise is only a healthy stress when there is proper rest. Quote me on that. Tweet that, would you? Exercise is a stress, and it's a healthy stress when it's accompanied by proper rest. So in order to tax the body as much as you truly need to to get a legitimate Tabata workout, that means you need adequate rest. And as we know, adequate rest is anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. So ideally, for you to get optimal results, you should not be doing Tabata more than two, maybe three times a week, as long as you have adequate rest in between. Could somebody do a Tabata every other day? You could if you were smart enough to know if your body was fully recovered. Now, if you're just beating yourself up seven days a week, you're going to keep beating yourself up and you're going to wonder, like, how can I go any harder? And the truth is what you really need is more rest. You need more restorative workouts. That's why I'm not going to tell you to only do Tabata. That's why you should actually mix up your training. And some days you should do steady state aerobic cardiovascular activities like turbo jam. You know, things that are considered steady state aerobics, step aerobics, cycling where you're not doing intervals. Those are considered steady state. And you always want to mix up your cardio so that you're keeping your body guessing. That's the whole idea. And you want to mix it up so that you're also allowing your body to recover. Pyo is a fantastic example of steady state conditioning. We don't work in intervals in Pyo except in a couple of the workouts, but the majority of the workouts are considered steady state body weight training. Now, the workouts that Professor Isumi Tabata studied this with first initially in 1996 were just on a stationary bike so that he could have them all hooked up to the apparatus. But since that time, he's done countless studies using body weight training, using equipment, and the results continue to speak for themselves. And the methodology has really caught on amongst a lot of people. The difference between Tabata and HIIT training is this. Tabata is a form of intervals, a very specific form of intervals. Basically, any interval that includes some form of high intensity. So in a HIIT workout, you could do one minute of push-ups and then one minute of air jacks and then recover for two minutes. It's intervals of intensity and work with rest. Okay. So not all HIIT workouts are built the same. Some HIIT workouts are more effective than others. The bottom line is, what is your goal? I hope that your goal is longevity. I hope that your goal is simply to be more productive, to feel happier, to be nicer, to be kinder, and to live longer. I hope that it is not your goal to look better than everybody else. I hope that you don't think that by losing weight and losing body fat that somehow you're going to be a better person or a happier person. You may be a happier person, but it won't be because of your body. It will be because you're taking care of yourself. It will be because you're showing the world that you matter. It will be because you finally have figured out that you can put together a plan and you can follow through and amazing things happen. But losing weight doesn't make you happy. Meet somebody who's struggling with an eating disorder and they will tell you losing weight does not make you happy. It does not make you better. It does not make you more likable, more lovable, more fun to be around. (sighs) Taking care of yourself is what makes you happier, which makes you a better person, which makes you a better mom, which makes you a better everything. But if you're doing it so that you can be better looking than somebody else or so that people will see you as worthy because finally you can see your abs. You know, the average woman has to get her body fat so low in order to see her abs that she risks losing the ability to menstruate. I know it's like the obsession, like we need to see your abs, but you have to know that a big part of that is genetics, y'all. A big part of that is genetics, especially for women and dudes too. That's not to say you shouldn't work to keep your body fat low, but if the goal is just a particular body part, look at your overall body fat 
Look at your health. Look at how you feel. Do you feel run down? Do you feel like a million bucks? Do you like the way you look in your clothes? And if that's the case, boom, you did it. Goal accomplished and you should be happy. You should be proud because I personally believe that we should be exercising for less selfish reasons. We should be exercising for other people so that we are showing the world that we can take care of ourselves and therefore we can take care of you. I'm a good leader because I put my own health and my mental well-being first. I've got a crazy, crazy, ridiculous ridiculous, redonkulous schedule today. Today is a day where I feel like I don't have time to exercise and that's why I knew it was really important for me to exercise and that's why a Tabata is the best thing you can do when you're short on time. All of these reasons and excuses that we give ourselves and say, well, I just don't have time to exercise, that's when you need to exercise because you'll be more productive with your time, you'll be more creative, you will actually get more done and, side note, you'll feel better. How awesome is that? Yeah. So that's the difference between Tabata and HIIT training. So to recap, Tabata is a form of interval training developed by Professor Isumi Tabata in Japan, who was commissioned in 1996 to get elite Olympic speed skaters in the absolute optimal level of fitness possible. He was able to increase their overall fitness rate by just doing four minutes a day of highest maximum capacity training intervals where you would do 20 seconds at max capacity, 10 seconds of rest, and then repeat that eight times. That's a total of four minutes. He was able to increase their overall fitness by 13%. The study has been repeated countless times. You can still look him up on YouTube. He's still in the lab studying. It also increases your anaerobic threshold, which increases your aerobic threshold by 28%. That's crazy. And here's what I love about Tabata training. If you're just getting back into fitness or you're short on time, which who isn't, anyone can fit in four minutes. The question is, will you go hard enough in those 20 seconds for it to legitimately be considered a Tabata? That's the question. The next point that I need you to remember, the next takeaway is that you should always be changing it up. You can't do Tabata every day. Your body needs rest. It is in our periods of rest that the body repairs and we make progress. We don't make progress when the body's being beat up. We only make progress during our rest phases and that's why it is important to rest. And sometimes you can rest and still exercise. Does that make sense? A slow bike ride on a recumbent bike while you're checking your social media channels, that would be considered restorative. Doing very low intensity pyo or yoga or just doing any workout at a very low intensity just so that you clear your brain, that's considered restorative. Taking a day off is restorative. You know, sometimes life just serves you up a day off and you didn't plan it. Don't be mad about it. Say, oh, cool. This is God's way of saying, I'd like for you to make some progress today. Because when you take a day off, you will make progress. The only problem is when you take seven days off and then that turns into 20 days off. Now we're not making progress. But a day off, that's progress. So you just have to say, thank you, God, for ruining my plans to exercise today. You must know that I need rest. He always knows what's best for you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for putting up with me. I love you guys. God bless.